Chapter Twenty Five of the Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson. The Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods by Herbert Carter. Caught in the Forest Fire. What's to be done about it, Jim? demanded the Scoutmaster. Nothing as I can see, came the guide's philosophical reply. We ain't knowin' which way their old wind will turn next, so it's as safe for us to keep right along like we was a-headin' as to turn back for camp. Then let's go on, and perhaps after all the fire'll give us the go-by. And as he said this, Tad put his best foot forward. Anyway, Jim pursued presently, we couldn't know how to shape our plans till we caught sight of their fire, and know just what she be. But now, perhaps, their whole woods behind us might be aflame, so by turning back we'd just be putting our noses to their grindstone. They walked on a little faster than before. The talk was, of course, all about forest fires now, since it began to seem likely that Tad was about to witness the first real big one of his experience. Tad had a way of asking leading questions, and Jim was no way averse to giving all the information in his power so that before long the boy scout had learned a great many interesting facts connected with these terrors of the piney woods by means of which thousands of acres of valuable timber used to be wiped out of existence every year and often many lives lost as well things are not the same as they used to be the state of maine has a well-equipped fire warden department and during the fall season when the danger is greatest extreme care is taken to call out these seasoned firefighters whenever their services are needed besides every licensed guide is expected to work in conjunction with the authorities in saying that no party which he pilots into the woods becomes reckless about leaving fires burning after breaking camp when another half hour had passed tad could no longer doubt that there was a fire burning somewhere not far away and that they were now much closer than before to the scene of the conflagration the smoke had become a thing that could be easily seen as well as smelled and felt in the way of burning eyes and tickled nostrils jim was on the alert well did he know that it was no child's play matching one's wits against a forest fire that was apt to encircle the unwary woodsman and cut off his retreat finally roasting him in a trap do you think it's already swept down on the martin cabin tad asked somewhat anxiously that i can't tell replied jim as he looked up at the smoke that was sweeping above the tops of the tallest pines time was when it wouldn't a mattered any cause your seat dad martin he kept a good clearin all round a shack but i guess as how he's been a neglectin it since i took lena away and it's all growed up with brush that burn like tinder how far are we now from the cabin continued tad presently it might be a matter of two mile or so grunted jim for they were pushing on at a lively pace, and there was not much breath to waste in long sentences. That smoke keeps on getting heavier all the while, remarked Tad. She do that, admitted Jim. And my stars, how it stings a fellow's eyes, continued the scoutmaster, who from time to time felt the tears running down his cheeks. Jim shook his head as he answered, Tain't a circumstance to what we'll run up against right soon, if things keep on a getting wusser all their while look there goes a moose upon my word and he's making tracks as if he didn't fear human beings one half as much as he did that crackling fire he left behind tad cried out about five minutes later 
shortly afterwards he discovered a huge lumbering animal rushing through the woods to one side of them why isn't that a black bear jim he asked pointing as he spoke it sure is replied the guide grinning and about as scared a black as ye could see in a week of sundays like as not he smelled the smoke while he was boxed up in some holler tree where he expected to stay till spring came along but say he knowed what happened to him and forgetting as how he orter be sleepin' the winter out a livin on his fat he just climbs out and scoots for some hole in their ground that he knows is waitin for him he'll get thar all right too cause i never seed a bar courtin a forest fire and burnt to a crisp the deer can easily escape i suppose being so fleet of foot tad went on generally speaking they kin jim replied and thar goes one right now look at their way he jumps over that fallen tree like it was nothing if you and me had their gift of leaping like that tad we could larf at forest fires too they lapsed into silence again the smoke began to enter their lungs when they talked too much and half choked them it was getting darker tad saw and looking up he realized that clouds had covered the heavens though at first he rather fancied this might be another strata of smoke further up oh if that snowstorm jim believes is due would only hurry and come along he was saying to himself it might do some good in putting out this fire well i'd like right well to see what it all looks like still as a fire warden i ought to want it to be smothered as quick as possible and between the two why i'll just have to take what comes and be thankful it's no worse then he thought of the other scouts were any of them in danger from the fire he did not believe this could be the case for so far as he knew there had been no plan on foot for a hunt that day the boys being satisfied to hang around camp and do things they had in mind and as they were right on the edge of the lake if the worst came and fire happened to sweep down upon them the tents could be thrown into the canoes and all hands put out upon the surface of the lake where they would be safe so tad as the one in charge of the patrol in the absence of dr philander hobbs the regular authorized scoutmaster made up his mind that he need not worry about his chums any more indeed as the situation grew worse and worse around himself and jim it began to look as though he had need of all his anxiety in connection with his own condition of course he relied entirely on jim the guide had had long experience with the fires in the pines he had served as one of the fire wardens and so long as he was in charge of the expedition there was no need of tad trying to figure out any plan of campaign had he been alone or with some of his companions tad would have striven to meet the necessities of the situation manfully and done all in his power to outwit the flames now he was in jim's charge and depended upon the astute main guide to pilot him through i can hear the flames roaring i think jim the scout remarked presently that's right returned the other and from his manner tad knew jim had known of the circumstance longer than he dreamed possible it lies over there on our right don't it tad persisted in asking yep the guide answered shortly gauging the direction of the wind tad saw that they would in a measure be running a race with the fire to see which could get to the cabin of old kale first he knew jim was figuring things out closely a mistake in calculations might cost them dear even a change in wind which was liable to occur at any time now would bring them face to face with new difficulties and make them grapple with problems of a serious character tad asked no more questions for he saw that jim did not want to have his mind distracted from his duty he would do the right thing of that the boy felt assured one thing was plain enough 
and this seemed apt to have more or less bearing on the final outcome of their race to the cabin the wind was gradually increasing in force all the while it had been gentle at first but was now blowing at the rate of ten miles an hour and tad could notice how rapidly even this was changing should it reach hurricane force ere long the fire must be driven ahead at a speed that would be simply frightful tad already began to experience some of the thrill he had been told was connected with one of these woods fires even though as yet he had to see the first flash of flame what must it be when surrounded on all sides by the leaping tongues that they said looked like great red snakes coiling up the pine trees licking the resinous foliage with greedy breath so that it seemed as though the whole world must be ablaze well the boy had wanted to look upon just such a sight so that he could say he had been caught in a forest fire and from the way things were turning out his wish was in a fair way to be gratified they must surely have come about a mile since he last asked jim how far away the cabin might be that would indicate half of the distance had been passed over he wondered why jim did not start running so as to beat the fire that was apparently aiming for the same place but on second thought tad believed he could guess the reason for this jim was saving their wind for an emergency if that came upon them they might have to change their own course and head for the pond jim had spoken of as offering a fair haven of refuge in a case of this kind the roaring sound had grown more audible it sounded now very much like a freight train on the railroad tad thought and drawing closer all the while this would seem to indicate that the fire was catching up with them and shortening the gap between at the same time tad began to cast curious glances in the direction of the ominous sound nor could it be said that anxiety was not unmixed with his other feelings he was but a boy after all and even by now the dark masses of smoke that were sweeping over the pine tops as well as the other indications of a great conflagration around him had begun to affect tad and as they pushed along it chanced that they came to a little break in the wall of pines that rose around them for the first time the boy scout saw when he turned his head toward the right and the rear something that seemed to leap madly upwards as though endeavoring to lick the overhanging clouds there was no need of tad to ask the guide what that was for he knew only too well those leaping tossing billows were flames and they sealed the death warrant of many a noble pine that for years and years had seen the lovely summer come and go to give place to the furious gales of the main winter season and tad brewster experienced a real genuine thrill that might be tinged with alarm as he viewed this fiery panorama over the tops of the trees end of chapter twenty five